Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a one half of a returning guest, <laughs> and the other one is new to the podcast. They host the podcast Anecdotal Dote. It's John Seidenberg and Laura Arnold, everyone. Hello. So glad to be back. <laughs> Hello. For those, for those of you who don't remember, John was on the episode talking about Once Upon a Time. Yes. Which he picked. <laughs> but then <laughs> they both picked this movie, which I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were you you were kind enough to come onto our podcast. And uh when we were doing it, we just jokingly talked about doing repo. And uh here we are. I gotta say though, like it's been a hot number like people wanted to do this one a lot of people oh. and i was just like mm, already called for sorry guys <laughs> i feel like it's having this weird like resurgence almost it's like because i keep seeing stuff on like the internet about people being like do you remember this movie do you remember how great it was yeah i had well, i i literally just watched it not like 10 minutes ago and <laughs> <laughs> like just finished it and I was while watching it. I was just like, I haven't seen this movie in probably five years. Mm-hmm. I would guess. Uh, I do remember. Huh. Okay, so we're talking about Repa the Jeanette Capra, obviously. I do remember uh, taking a winter term class in college and like ordering the DVD off of Walmart.com, mm. and it's been in my collection ever since. But I was just like. I don't even remember why I got into it. I just had it and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And I still do. I mean, this movie is camp as fuck, but uh, it's so good. <laughs> Way better than the Once Upon a Time episode. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I will say it was, because uh, I had not seen it in maybe eight years. Uh, when I first came into college, everyone in college was obsessed with it. And I, being the little um, small town boy that I was, had no idea what this thing was. And was like, oh my gosh, there's swearing in a musical? Like, there's F words in musicals? And there's blood and guts? I was so blown away. And then just completely obsessed with it. So yeah, I watched it today, like two hours ago. And right. so excited to jump into this mofo. I think it's so funny. So I watched it for the first time, I don't know, months ago. Oh, so this is like recent for you. Like you yeah, don't have this a- this is a recent discovery. I do not have a history with this movie. Oh. And then I rewatched it again to record this podcast. I hate it. <gasps> okay, this is good. This is good. We got some tension. <laughs> we got some friction going. Okay. Okay. John, John, you are more than welcome to just eject her from the room. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know technology. Uh, I'm just muted forever. It's fine. (laughs) But a little background before we get into this discussion. Uh, Repo the Genetic Opera came out in 2008. Such a glorious time. Simple times. Um, The screenplay, music, and lyrics are written by Darren Smith and Terrence Zidunch? 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 
The guy that played the grave robber. That's all I got. <laughs> directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, who I don't know if you guys know this, but he directed like three Saw movies before this was a thing. Oh, so well, I knew, I knew it was I knew it was the same group of people. I didn't know it was the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you see kind of parallels in how they look, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and then according to IMDb, now this is the, one of the stupidest ones I've read. I have to say, a worldwide epidemic encourages a biotech company to launch an organ financing program similar in nature to a standard car loan. The repossession clause is a killer, however. Wow. That, wow. That's like, that, that, that's like the prologue. Like, that's. Yeah, that's, that doesn't cover any of like the characters or anything in this. Oh, no. doesn't talk about how getting surgery is like the in thing you know what imdb needed like a a repossession no 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 it needed like 10 comic exposition dumps yes uh, on the page because apparently that's how we dump exposition in repo land is just by comics yeah Yeah. how did you guys feel about those did you like them did you I thought it was kind of a cop-out, honestly. I mean, but again, I hated the whole movie. But I did think it was... I thought the um, the illustrations are really, really cool. It's a really interesting style that I thought went along with the movie well. But I also thought it was a fucking cop-out. In my notes, I said, we promised it was an opera and we don't need another song. So, cartoon? (laughs) Well, and then then the thing, though, is... um, Okay, so I'm thinking of one of the earlier ones where it's we're getting Anthony Head's like backstory, right? Mm-hmm. And then he sings Lethal Assassin, which we'll get to. But you see image like shots of like a live action version of what you just read in the comics and I was just like is this necessary? Like you're just repeating things. Right, like, right. I, well, it's like one or the other. We can figure it out. Was like uh Roddy's backstory like we get it in the comic form and then in gold he talks through it like he sings through it and it's like i i feel like the director or maybe it was the maybe it was the the um the studio was like audiences aren't smart enough to follow this so we need to put these comic sequences in like to inform you of what's happening but it 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 does fit in the world but it also like it was like either it was just weird to have like a minute and 30 seconds of just music with reading on there and then it yes. goes back into the singing again it was a very odd choice because this is a musical so like you can do this stuff you can do what they did with that in a song easily right. yeah. and they do but right but it's like redundant because they cover it mm-hmm. both ways right and there's like a couple moments where it happens and it's not just with the cartoon exposition but it's like we dove into this part of the story with this character and now it's being recapped with this other character, even though we already know. Mm -hmm. So I want to back it up a little bit. And Laura, I kind of want to ask you this one question. Do you like musicals first and foremost? (laughs) Yes, I do. It's a thing. It's a totally valid question. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I I, I feel bad if you were like, I don't like musicals and you made me watch this stupid movie, John. (laughs) I'll be like, I'm sorry, but your partner in crime did that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, okay, so what about it did you like, like, yeah, what about it did you not like, I should say? (sighs) 
so many things. Okay. So many things. Um, I guess in like the broad scope of things, I thought the storytelling was not well done. They definitely are like trying. I think the concept is fascinating and super cool, but they didn't execute it well in a good story. They like kind of also threw in some like random little pieces, but didn't even dive into them enough for them to really matter or make sense. But they still like the blue. The Zydrate. Yes. The drug. Which is like a huge deal. But like, I want to know that backstory. I want to know like who the hell discovered that if you like pull this blue liquid out of dead bodies, it's like a fancy drug that now you can have surgery and it's great. Like, I don't know. Like, I want to know how that came about. (laughs) I I, See, I was thinking the same thing while I was watching it because I, I do agree. I feel like the execution in this is poor. I think the direction, the editing is awful. It is Mm -hmm. garbage, garbage editing. Um, I, in fact, I researched the, the editor because I was like, surely he did not work after this. He's done a lot of television after this movie. Um, but I was like, like really i was like there's so many fascinating things about this world that is created in my mind i feel like it would have been a much better story if they had almost lay mizzed it to where it's like you start you start with them as young and you see like the fallout of marnie and her death and roddy and like that love triangle and then you fast forward to present day quote unquote Mm -hmm. where you can see the fallout of with blind mag and marnie's death and roddy taking over and then the daughter being caught up in all of the turmoil but it's like all the interesting all the really interesting stuff happened 17 years earlier Yeah, we're, like, watching the aftermath of the good part. Mm -hmm. And, like, I want to see the good part instead of the bullshit aftermath. And then, especially because they don't even tell you the story in a fun, interesting way. They just Mm -hmm. sort of dump information on you. Yeah, and then every, every like, new scene is a new info dump that adds to someone's story. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many things going on at the same time. And there's a lot of characters that play big parts of the story that you only kind of get a piece of their life, really. And you yeah, only see them for a little bit at a time. Because, like, even the the Roddy children, you get a little bit about their dynamic, but you don't really get enough about, like, why they're... I mean, they're vying to be the next king, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, like, get a little bit more. What about their mother? Because presumably they have a mother. Right. Um, yeah, where the hell is she? What happened to her? What's, like, that, what's that story? <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so wild. Also, it's also wild to think about that, like, during the time of us recording this, the adults of the movie, so, like, Nathan, even Marnie and Roddy, they're, they're like, 10 years old in 2021. Yeah. Because this movie takes place in 2056, I want to say. Oh, mm-hmm. right, right, right. So yeah. in the near future, um, when there's yet another epidemic that happens, hooray! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, also also rewatching this movie during this time, during COVID times, it's just like, ooh, this is a little real for me a little. <laughs> <in some laughs> yeah. Like the fact, like, the people in the masks with wearing masks and i was just mm-hmm. like what are the rules like why right. does alexa penavega wear a mask underground mm-hmm. but it also seemed a little bit like when they're at the carnival 
and there's like some people also I'm pretty sure they're all snorting oxygen yes yeah because fascinating I, I think what's happening and don't quote me on this because I'm a <laughs> podcaster so of course I don't have all the information I feel like something happened to the air that that's why people have to wear masks when they're going outside but is that also the same thing that's causing the the organ malfunctions malfunctions uh organ failure is what I meant to say (laughs) yeah yeah that's what started the surgery situation but it's also incredibly inconsistent because not everybody is masked or wearing like the 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 ventilators and then uh, like so it's it's so it's like 2021 basically yes yeah kind of yeah (laughs) but i also i also get the feeling though that especially specifically in the carnival scene that it's almost just a fashion choice it's not necessarily Mm. like a requirement anymore like they've basically it seems a little like they've been like yeah well the air is fucked so how Mm. you deal with it is you snort oxygen at this weird carnival thing and Mm. wearing a mask now is just like a fashion choice versus like a requirement for safety and it's also a way that they cover up some of the extras because like you're not singing yeah. don't move your mouth <laughs> yeah oh and just so you and all probably know, like cause... a botched surgery honestly because we all know that that happens yes john you were about to say something well i was just in because we're in a podcast so people can't see us um all of my notes today from watching the movie are done on transparency paper um <laughs> so um because that's the future because that's yeah. the future well, well, I have a sneaking suspicion that doctor at the beginning who tells Roddy Largo that, you know, oh, you're going to die. I'm pretty sure that he's just looking through the train. Like, he can't read the fucking thing. So <laughs> no! he's probably fine, but he can't read the goddamn paper because it's all in transparency paper. That was like, I think that's so funny. And I, I, I kind of want to know what that choice was because I feel like this came out. I guess probably at a time where transparency paper was like kind of a cool. So we're, we're setting this in the not so distant future. Granted, now we have to take a step back like 16 years to 2008 when they're filming this and we're re- re- releasing it. Um, but like now rewatching it, I was just like, you know what? We're not that far off from this happening because it's getting a little Mad Maxian out there currently. Well, so. that was there were certain elements like the whole thing because, like, the one thing that I I wrote a couple of times was at one point I put um, like the Constitution had to have been abolished because like Gene Co is is like just murdering people and they have just bodies upon bodies, but like the Trump kids are uh you know Ivanka Don Jr and Eric are just slaughtering people that they're pissed off at um who just look at them wrong and so it's just like like I, I was like this is not <laughs> part of this feels like the American healthcare system but like really yeah. like no holds barred anymore <laughs> slash also Paris Hilton is kind of playing herself she's yeah. well cast in this movie she is well cast in this so, movie I'm not going to lie she does a pretty freaking good job in this okay movie. so <laughs> i read on imdb i think so grain of salt to everyone uh that originally darren lynn bassman the director did not want to audition her because obviously she has all this baggage with her you know with the oh is this around the time of surreal life or something or some of that Maybe. Oh, the simple life 
simple life that too like so what this is around the time of paris hilton like being in the like the the lexicon yeah Yeah. oh yeah it was the year before because 2007 was when it was when it was airing yeah so around the time that that was airing they were filming this let's say and you know you don't he didn't want any of that stuff with her uh like the that baggage but then he auditioned her and and apparently she nailed it like then and there obviously she nailed it because she's in the movie but like and she uh, did in fact like she's pretty good like i mean i've seen house of wax the remake with her in it boy howdy she learned how to she learned how to act or they edited her nicely in this one (laughs) (laughs) because you know she i i agree with you guys she did a great job i mean her Mm, singing is okay we'll go with it i'll say the 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 main cast i think is sensational i think the uh paris hilton is well cast her brothers are awful particularly rage man is he's such a bad actor and everything is over the top well the one that wears the face on top of his face Mm -hmm. he is actually in a band like in real life Hmm. that person so he's not really an actor. He's oh. like, he's more of a musician. So he did well, <laughs> considering. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. I, but uh, but yeah, I like throughout it, I was like, the guy who plays Roddy Largo is sensational. Like his singing, his acting, yes. fantastic. Um, Nathan Wallace, the Repo Man, is fantastic. I love his voice. Um, um, Carmen Cortez is great. Um, like she's fantastic. That's... Um, um oh god alexa penavega alexa yes alexa vega um that's her in spy kids was carmen cortez i figured um, that's what you were going with <laughs> that's I that's where my perspective comes from i okay i completely disagree on those two i think the guy that played the father was awful <gasps> i okay we're gonna have to have some words right now because <laughs> I am a huge Buffy the Vampire fan. <laughs> Once More with Feeling is like one of my favorite episodes. And to have Giles in this, he's shown us that he can sing and other things. So, and that he can also act. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if you don't like him because of like, again, editing and directing and all that, or um, do you just not like him? I'm sure he's great in other things. I just didn't like him as as the father. So you didn't like his whole what Jekyll Hyde he... appearance? No. <laughs> I didn't. Oh my god. He's like, oh this god. is my normal speaking voice. Now I'm the repo man. <laughs> it was very like Christian sampling Batman. See, that yes. was <laughs> that was another thing that like like we're not exploring really interesting things in this story of like it seems like he has split personality because like like at after after he realizes that Shiloh has left with Roddy to go to the opera and he's like tonight we are betrayed keep Shiloh safe like when he, when they're like yeah. it's it's we not me so it seems like he's two very different personalities but I, that's never explored i think in that moment though he's actually speaking as his wife huh i read it as you know in jekyll and uh, jekyll and hyde that one song where it's jekyll and hyde trans yeah, yeah, yeah confrontation 
that. I read it as that, where he's like, this is Dr. Jekyll, this is Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. See, no, I read that as more of like, he's trying to remember the things that his wife said to him before she died. And one of those things is to keep her, keep Shiloh safe. Not that he's necessarily got split personalities. I mean, I think he's conflicted because I think he knows what a fucked up person he is. But I also think he keeps his like moral compass, I think was always, what is her name? Marnie. Marnie was always Marnie. And I think that that's what that is. Is him like remembering her words. I don't know. I just still love it because it's a camp. Like <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone is at a fifth out of fifty, and I'm yep. okay with it. Yeah, and they're singing. <laughs> Give it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I put. I love Nathan Wallace, so Laura can suck it. Okay, so Laura, do you and John, both of you? But I'm now. I want to. I'm trying to like make Laura like this movie. Uh, do you think it would have been better if they sang it live? Like instead of like them lip syncing to overly processed them. No, I think that the over processed part made it more bearable. I don't. I don't think the the production company could handle that. Yeah, twisted pictures. Uh, well, the director and the cinematog- yeah. the, the cinematographer, um, the soft focus on like half oh, of the scenes. All and, of and them. What was like everything the- in that movie is blurry. Well, the the song uh, at the opera tonight, like he's walking down the hallway and it was literally like one camera angle was soft focused, like Vaseline on the the lens. And then the very next shot was like crystal clear. And it was like, even your choices are inconsistent. And it's not like I was just baffled by by the decision making in, in everything that was not like the performers. Yeah, it's a wild ride, man. Can we also talk about, though, the amount of, like, it? this whole movie has so many moments that are so incestuous, and it's so gross. Oh, my God. Especially the homoerotic incestuous that happens. Yeah, Yeah. like, the siblings. The Trump kids are disgusting. They're all disgusting. When Ivanka licks Don Jr.'s ear, I about vomited. It was so gross. And and the ending, the song that um the father daughter sing together mm-hmm. after no, as I love he's you so much. Yeah, that song is fucking disgusting. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, okay, it is not. First of all, that is like a gross little that is not like a father daughter love song. That is like a lover love song. No, first of incorrect. All. Second incorrect. of all, she just found out moments before they sing that song together that not only is he the repo man and he goes around murdering people every day, but he also killed her mother. Oh, well, no. He she found out that 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 like oh no 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 sorry not that that he's drugging her to keep her sick. She's not actually sick. 
Right, that's but when she he's finds dying. out in that movie. But who cares? The he's only basically person been that killing she has her the, in the entire world. time. The only person she has in the world is him, and he's dying. Be- because of him. He did that to her. You heartless, heartless. No, person. he's a shit person. And I don't understand how she's like, oh, I'm so conflicted by the information I'm learning right now. And then, oh, oh, daddy, I love you so much. Well, like, that's no, why. That's why. Uh, two seconds later, after she after he dies, she sings that she's free. Free, yeah, at last. Ooh. Because she is, for the first time in her life, and not going to be drugged anymore to maintain this weird I'm sorry. illness. If you were to see your father shot and bleeding out, it wouldn't matter. Like, especially if that's the only person. This is a Rapunzel situation, <laughs> and like, she's he's dying. Like, there's going to be an emotional moment there. I just don't buy it. I mean, she... Because Roddy technically lies to her by saying that, like, her dad killed her mom. But that's because Roddy, like, gave him poison. Right. Like, switched out the medicine to be poisonous and all that. And so I get it. I get the confliction. Is that a word? We're going to make that a word. I... (laughs) I get that, you know, I get also John's point where it's like, uh, no matter how much, like, how how much you're going to hate your family, when one of them is dying, like, right in front of you, you're probably going to, like, forgive it for a second and focus (laughs) on saving the family member that's dying in front of you. I love how this has turned into John just being uh, co-host for our podcast (laughs) i mean now i can see both sides i can see both sides (laughs) i can see both sides it's but like it i feel like with this it's not a think piece it's just pure (laughs) entertainment and whatever it's all it's all flash and trash like (laughs) okay can i ask a question like you can ask any questions. Yes. Uh, what's the point of 3D photos that are like just still projections? Okay, uh, but so, also some of them like move and others yeah. don't. Yeah. And some so, of them are like clearer than others. So I was watching one of the featurettes um, where the, it's like from <laughs> stage to screen kind of a thing where they talk mm-hmm. about the history of it, uh, which we'll get to the stage part in a bit. But in there, director Darren Lynn Bousman was just like, I do not want this to look like anything we've seen before. And so I guess because, you know, doing sci-fi futuristic movies, like you want everything to look sexy and have a sort of like, uh, especially in the early t- the 2000s, everything has to be computerized in a way. So your technology has to be new and different. So I think they were tra- that I think that's what they were trying with the 3D pictures, which is like, it's not it's not just a flat thing anymore. Like you can interact with it and see it all like all the way around. But also, uh, I don't understand it either. Because <laughs> also another question: uh, Do fishnets assist security enforcement? Yes. Yes. Okay. Those are I the see- baddest bitches in the whole movie. I love them so much. They look so stupid. They look I also, so fucking stupid. I also, I love them. And I also love, um, uh, what are they called? Oh, Amber's valets. They're called valets. They're not 
um, guards. Oh, their shirt, the, the oh, shirtless guys with guys. leather X's yeah. on them. Yeah, you know, with all the BDSM wear that they have to wear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. and and Roddy's henchwomen, uh, so great. The, yeah. The why does lipstick. everyone have? Why does everyone have like pump shotguns that they're all like? And like the second somebody walks in, and it's <laughs> like, what? That's a, it makes what? a cool sound. It's security. It's security. Security. Um, it is security. security. I feel yeah. real also, secure. Can we talk about how this play, this this play, this movie takes place in like 2050 something, mm-hmm. and yet the amount of costuming that is so like 18th century. Oh, or blame not my cheeks. You mean as one as one thing? Well, like uh oh god, what's his name? The fucking I'm so bad at names. In case we haven't figured that out yet, that's fine. Description. Um, the the like father of the of Jenno, yes he's like has like a long ponytail like tied in a little ribbon and like a coat that's like so and an ascot yeah he's very yeah, yeah. yeah. like why worldy and there was other uh he like... also signs a contract with a feather quill yeah wait uh, like, not how even does, how does that work on um uh on transparency that wasn't on transparency that was on actual paper (laughs) oh my god again inconsistent like blind blind mag is also i mean granted she's mostly performing usually but she's a little like old school um yes i really want i want her cloak that cloak that she wears with the big hood yes i would wear the hell out of that in walmart also blind mag is the best part of this entire movie and the woman who plays her is that's sarah brightman yeah like this is her first movie by the way and i'm really sorry to hear that because that's unfortunate for her well because she's (laughs) she's on stage before yeah like oh oh, yeah yeah yeah. but like even even well-known actors today have to had to like pay their dues by doing shit movies as their first ones when they were up and coming but like she was a very established opera singer she didn't need this I don't know what happened. Money called. She's yeah, I guess. I don't know. I did hear too. I heard that they like blew like a ton of their budget to get her to play this role. She's, I like, would believe you. Very expensive. She's great. In it. She's great. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad they spent the money because she's literally she's my favorite part of the entire movie. <laughs> uh, another weird thing that popped up when we're watching. So so Roddy messages carmen and is like oh you should come to the opera and so she goes and she, that's where she meets blind mag but when she she's like he's like oh meet me outside like meet me at your mother's tomb and so she goes there willingly and then he sends his stupid security people with flash grenades in there after this 17 year old girl <laughs> yeah. like, oh she's there on her own choice and she's a kid and you're uh, sending fucking flashbangs after her. Camp. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, Ridiculous. it was like a little extra just to be extra. Felt yeah, like. just a little extra. <laughs> also, I also, sorry, go ahead, John. I was, I was going to I was gonna now really bring it back to like the stage version. Because oh, yeah. it, it started out as a short opera. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that it was maybe 10 minutes because they were emphasizing um that how how you know terrence and uh darren smith 
would write things and work on improv and stuff like that. They would do 10 minute short operas. And this one started uh, uh, called The Neck, the Necro Merchant's Debt, which was about the grave rapper and the repo organ man. And so that then built somewhere between 2002 to 2005 to be Repo the Genetic Opera, as we kind of know it from this movie. Now, I can't find anything really about the stage version. Online. It was on it was on YouTube for a hot like in 2000 like in when I first saw the movie it was online and I got to watch and it was you would not you would not have thought it was from the same area like the music was similar but it was very very different it yeah. was very but I I do think this would make a much better stage production than mm -hmm. a movie yeah because like I you know after seeing the movie I was I was interested in seeing the stage production and obviously seeing what they changed what's different blah 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 talented people doing it um but uh ooh, did I say that out loud shit uh, <laughs> but I can't even find like a soundtrack a cast recording or like a script or something like to tell me you know there's not even a wikipedia page for the show which is weird so like if anyone out there this is a call to action to anyone or if you, john and lauren your little uh you know research dives if, if you did anything in your notes do you have anything about the show you could say it now or i didn't even know that there, that was a thing i don't yeah. although if you do look up repo the genetic opera stage on youtube there's a trailer for uh the stage version does that and mean so, it's coming to a town near you? No. <laughs> so what happened was they would do, uh, obviously never reached Broadway, right? I don't even think it reached off Broadway. I think they would do it in like clubs and little, uh, in other venues. And at one point, the director of the movie actually directed a version of the show. I just don't know which one. Maybe maybe the final one, maybe the early one, who knows? And he was attached to it from like the beginning. Cause he was like, I want to make this into a movie. And then they did like a 10 minute short uh, that they would send out to producers. And then they created the film that Laura hates. So. Well, I think what would have made this movie better would be more puppetry. More puppets. <laughs> yes. More puppets and I don't know more Sarah Brightman just because. Well, yeah. well, it, yes, it's funny that definitely would have made it better. I, uh, first of all, I love the music for this movie. I <laughs> love the music for this. Shut up, Laura. I love the music for this. <laughs> so bad. No, it's, it's not. So bad. The okay, only well, one. There's a couple of clonkers. One of them is "Mark It Up." That's the Trump kid song, which is awful. Bad. Um, but no, the music is really good. But Thankless Job, which is the one where he's puppeteering with the guy he just so killed, good. it made me think it was like, it seemed like it's weird because, again, inconsistency. Repo Man, like, kidnaps and takes some people to his little dungeon and tortures them to death and kills them. And then other people, he just, like, throws off a bridge and then dis disembowels them, like, right there on the street. So it's, like, it's inconsistent with, like, is he, like... I, it's like, why is he taking some people home and like really like, you know, becoming Jim Henson with them and then others he's just leaving in the gutter. Also, that's got to be some soundproof basement because like 
Yeah. If she can't uh, wait, was she, she was out at the time, right? Is that what yeah, happened? but I would, there's ass- no way that I would assume that happens all the out. time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he brought out home enough bodies to make me feel like it's pretty regular that he's bringing home these bodies. And she lives, I mean, she's in like, it's very Rapunzel in like the tallest, like the top. The second floor or third floor or whatever. Yeah. Right? She's like all the way upstairs and he's clearly in a basement, but. You would still hear a scream. I, yes i know i totally agree with you like he it has to be super duper soundproofed because Laura, she, why he also you, has to assume that she's there all the time why don't you like the music it's so bad okay so there are 51 <laughs> songs in the movie there has to be one that you're like this is fine was there one that you were just like it's it, it's Probably not like good but it's like bags <laughs> okay chromatica okay. you like that one chromagia is that the one she sings for her final performance yeah come take these out. yeah yeah that one i could get behind otherwise i i don't give a shit about any of them there were also apparently eight songs cut so maybe that i think one of them even answers like what exactly zydrate is because the song that they do have about it mm-hmm. it doesn't tell you anything it's it is banger. also not a banger yes it is <laughs> Zydrake comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial? It's so good! Oh, also, speaking of that, can we talk about the grave digger? Uh-huh. Grave robber. Grave robber, yes. They say Ra- it like 9,000 times, Laura. Yeah, I know. My bad, my bad. Uh, <sighs> because I'm a little confused. He feels, especially at the beginning of the movie, he feels like a very important character that we're going to see on a very regular basis. And then he just sort of pops up once in a while but does it really serve any real purpose other than introducing us to this this it's drug? A, it's a it's a holdover from the stage version because in the stage version, I'm pretty sure it started as a one man opera or maybe it was a two person two person opera. But the he was like the narrator and he was just telling you everything for the most part, and so that was a holdover from that. So, because like you're right, like like I, my favorite point where I was like, okay, this is stupid, was after at the opera tonight, which is like this big like it's it was it's very much like in West Side Story the Tonight Quintet where they're all like coming in yes. to the one central point, and then it's like he pops up and it's like it it he's like a it's like an intermission song where it's like oh what will happen tune in and it's like I'm watching the fucking movie what am I tuning into yeah so like those the the his little interstitial moments and the comic moments i was just like you're bringing me down now like i get it the movie's currently the movie's only an hour and 37 minutes really yes if they added in the prologue that you guys wanted where it was like the past uh i feel i mean they could have easily bumped it to two hours and it would have been fine like I yeah, don't if know. They I didn't realize. I genuinely thought it was close to like a two and a half hour movie. Nope, hour and thirty seven minutes. It's cut like out eternity. Cut out the gross uh, Lannister kids. Um, get rid of them, and yeah, like like show us. Spend the majority of the time showing us, or even if you did, like keep it in the current pl- timeline, but then go back in time and show us these interactions because the it's also love triangle right yeah because yeah. it's also like like in because when i was watching it i forgot that roddy is the one who like poisons marnie and i was like 
I was like, that seems like an overreaction. Because like, she married somebody else. That's his right, thing. Right. And I was like, I was like, and I'm this I'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound like, oh God, somebody call and arrest John right now. Like, if I were to have seen the story unfold, maybe I would have I would have understood the decision more. I'm not condoning the decision to murder somebody who married somebody else, but I'm just saying like just showing me in a comic book form did not do it for me. Yeah, I mean, like you clearly know that that's like the love of his life, but it still doesn't feel justified. It feels so painfully extreme for right, right. what happened. Like, I'm really sorry that you just weren't the right person for her, but this is a little... Yeah, the fact that the emotional stakes are cement- like formed and cemented in comic form... Mm-hmm like does strip the story of a lot of like emotional weight yeah you know so that i i I do give you that laura this is a very flawed piece but the music is great i want to answer laura or laura's question about the grave digger but first i want to ask a question about with you guys have you seen the movie version of reefer madness the musical no 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 damn it okay so you the audience uh you listener uh, this is for you if you've seen it. I because <laughs> around the same time that this movie came out, I would watch also the Reefer Madness movie musical, which is banger. You guys need to watch it. But Alan Cumming in that movie, he has a character, but then he acts as a narrator of sorts, mm-hmm. coming in and out of the story um, to talk to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I, that's how I felt about the grave robber, like what they wanted to do with the grave robber with this, where he's talking to the audience, part of the story a little bit, and then giving us like extra information about like, you know, this is the character that you're going to now be introduced to and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they fully realized that idea mm-hmm. or they just went into like, they veered into stupid direction. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. my two cents. Although if anyone from the writing team of this movie wants to come on and defend it, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> I also really want to see, I think this whole, like the general concept and like basic plot of this movie is actually really interesting. And I would love to see a non-musical, better written version of this movie. Also better designed. Or like, if if it was still a musical though, but like, pared down the songs to not fifty, be like. 10. But also, like, I want to dive into the story further. I feel like they did so much fluff nonsense just because it was funny or cool or whatever their reasoning was, instead of actually diving into really what's going on in this world that they've built. So how these people, and honestly, I don't even care about the people, but the idea of like repossessing organs (laughs) that are supposed to save people. So funny that you bring that up. Um, According to IMDb trivia, I have to cite it because if if I don't want to be wrong, I mean, I'm usually (laughs) wrong anyway, but I want to, allegedly this was going to be part of a trilogy. Uh, They were going to, the next, the second movie was going to be like the prequel of sorts. And then they would have a third movie because they do kind of leave it open-ended. Yeah. Um, Because you guys saw the little mid-credit scene, if you will, or... Yeah. Okay. 
So they with that with the, again the incest cards where it's like he, the brothers wearing her old face. Like what? What the fuck is going on? Uh, but nothing has been happened yet. Though I think it, that was put on the back burner and it's burned to a crisp at this point. Yeah, I don't think we're getting to that. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get those. Especially because it apparently cost like $8 million or something to make, and it only made like 815000 That sounds right. That's rough. Well, because it, it, it did have a release. I, I personally don't remember it. I don't either. 2008 was so long ago. But I do remember buying the DVD off of Walmart.com. So. Mm-hmm. Which is which is funny because I'm not sponsored by them. So why am I saying their name? <laughs> I have another question. Um, there's blood all over the medical equipment in all of these surgery places. Uh-huh. How are the people in this world surviving? So I think we got rid of the stupids during COVID, right? This movie mm-hmm. obviously foretold COVID. Uh-huh. So now we're in Mad Max territory where... We, we don't have any drugs or anything that we can, you know, anesthetize people or even uh, sterilize our equipment. And so we just got to do what we got to do. That's my bullshit answer. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for coming to my <laughs> talk. Okay, okay. All right. All right. I mean, I, yeah. I feel it like, realistically, though, I feel like that was, you know, they were like, ooh, we did the Saw movies and we're having a horror musical. So, like, Let's show some gore. Let's show, let's do that puppet moment with Anthony Head and that at one actor. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, when you said more puppets, my brain went to 17 because they were actual <laughs> yeah, the puppets stu- in that one. Her dolls. That is the worst song ever. <gasps> How oh, dare you? Yes. Oh my God. And it's so Lauren, random. I finally have found. Well, the one thing that I put was. I said 17 is the most bratty song ever written. And then I also put sometimes this is a musical. Sometimes it's a music video because it was like suddenly she's in a rock concert and everything's come to life. And there are people jumping up and down like a crowd outside of her bedroom door. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? How dare you? I hate that song. I hate I that too. song. It's bad. Ugh. And comes absolutely out of nowhere. When Repo Man smacks her, I wish he would have done it harder. (laughs) Just just punch her out, knock her Mm -hmm. lights out. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, John. It does totally go from like musical to suddenly now we're just watching a music video because the same thing happens with Paris Hilton's big song about yes. the, the drug is the same inside rate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we're, it's like, Oh, we're musical. And if they would have done that consistently like Chicago, where it's like you're yeah. in reality and then you go into this other world, it would, but it was inconsistent in that decision. So it, yeah, and that switch from reality into music video land is the harshest at 17. It's so yep. fucking random. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they don't really do it again like that level. Right. It's the only time right. it happens, which makes it even worse. Because mm-hmm. it's like, how how did we how did we get here? And what is the point now? Like I now I don't even understand what we're doing here. So in that little featurette where they're talking about how, you know, they brought it from staves to screen uh Darren Lynn Bousman did say that he wanted this movie not to look like Broadway which I'm just <laughs> like you're doing a musical baby it's gonna yeah. look like Broadway no matter what 
Um, but he wanted to make more like a stylized musical movie. Um, so he... Which you could have done, but like pick one. You can't ride the fence. If he would have stayed consistent one way or the other, yeah, yeah. you would have succeeded either way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at, uh, did Sweeney Todd come out around the same time? Sweeney Todd would have come out after this, I think. Okay, because like that one... Um, they didn't necessarily do the Chicago thing. They were just like, we're in a musical. It was the Good year luck. before. Year before. Oh, it was the year before, 2007. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, I feel like they could have just unapolog- unapologetically did a musical. Like mm-hmm. it did. We didn't need all the stuff that you guys were complaining about. Like, you know, and they are. It, they're calling it a fucking opera where they mm-hmm. sing the dialogue so like we're in this world where you're singing your what you would say sometimes and and also and singing okay. it singing it at a normal quiet volume through a door 40 feet apart from each other <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i when lost Shiloh my and Mag mind yeah are talking through, <laughs> i was like they're talking through a door because at first i was like oh she's on the intercom and then i'm like they're literally like 40 feet apart just talk singing to each other like they can perfectly hear one another but she's Wait, like when's that again when During... mag comes to the house yeah after after they met at the opera i think oh yeah it's the morning yeah yeah so she mag shows up at the house but like uh with the shiloh oh yeah 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 at the beginning of that song and then they and then her eyes project her mom and say yeah but like they do a whole like verse of the song 40 feet apart speaking through a door and i'm like there's no way that this is happening there's no way i mean shiloh is your name shiloh what i can't hear you (laughs) i mean same time do you want to build a snowman like but at least okay right up against the doors because anna is like speaking through actually like next to the door like mm-hmm. she is her face is like on the door practically so like that makes sense you can do that oh my god you can, can somebody can somebody take the footage from you want to build a snowman and put sarah brightman <laughs> and carmen on there oh my and god oh my god hilarious. <laughs> when anna's leaning into the keyhole <laughs> shiloh listen. is your name shiloh <laughs> Le- Listen, I've got some listeners, uh, so hopefully someone please them. do that, please. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I need that in my life for sure. One of my last questions that I have: How did you feel about it's like the it's all part of the show trope, where they're so again going back to when the dad is dying on stage, but then the audience is there, just like oh my god this is amazing like okay, i'm sorry the second the first thing that happens though in that moment is that first of all meg flies up into the air Pulls gouges her out her fucking <laughs> eyes and then falls onto a fence and dies uh-huh. and, and dies. dies yeah from there i i would have been like I got some questions. I would not have been like, oh, please, let's... Because they all gasp, like, oh, no, what's happening? Right, and then Even the... in a world where people are literally getting murdered murdered in the streets as, like, as people walk by and people are like, whatever. Which, and then if... The, uh, yeah. 
if if the audience would have reacted like oh this is just another murder that we've watched yep. i would have bought all of that far more mm -hmm. but it was like the audience was like us being like oh my god she just got murdered and like it yeah it could have worked but they again they rode the freaking fence and they didn't think through the world that they were in and so it yeah it does not work for me yeah because like the the way that they do it in let's say moulin rouge right mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense because yeah. the they're they're doing double entendres but it's still within the world it, it could work in the world of the show mm -hmm. um which i would buy until obviously the ending where um you know they celebrate and blah 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 whatever not not this episode now but um I would gladly and, turn this into a Moulin Rouge podcast right now. <laughs> I love that no, movie. <laughs> no, I also okay, don't Laura, like that movie. Okay, okay, eject her from the room. She's, <laughs> she's I don't know enough sacrilege tonight. Oh, but then in *Reaper the Genetic Opera*, when they do it, like you have the Roddy men come out and just be like, "It's all part of the show!" Ha 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 ha. And Which then the is audience also is random like, as shit because why would they come out if it actually was all part of the show? Also, right. I would have been like, oh, Don Jr. literally just stabbed a guy with a pencil outside. <laughs> like, maybe they're not telling the truth right now. <laughs> I mean, and and also, like, mm, I don't, you guys have seen shows, right? Somebody falling off of wires onto a fence. Like, that's not supposed to happen. She's dead. She's, yeah. she's real dead. Not, not stage dead. Yeah. Super dead. Soups dead do you all have anything else you want to like therapize about before we get into sharp and flat um the music is sensational don't let laura speak <laughs> that's all i have <laughs> laura do you have anything else you would like to say no she doesn't she doesn't have anything else <laughs> i'm getting shut down <laughs> This isn't your guys's podcast, John. This is my podcast, so my <laughs> rules. Laura, you can talk as much as you want. Go. Thank you. I John. have a right to rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think I hit all of my my biggest complaints. <laughs> great. Sharp and flat's gonna be great with you guys. So let's get to it. Huzzah! Sharp flat. Uh, so in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether we talked about it or not. Uh, if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, it's flat, which I have a feeling John's going to have more sharps and Laura's going to have more flats. Yeah. So who wants to go? You know what, Laura, I want to hear your sharps first. Oh, golly. It makes okay. some good things that you, things that you actually liked about this movie. Okay. Roddy's henchman. I wrote that down too. The the, the bodyguards, yeah, they're the most badass. I want to be one of them when I grow up. I I I don't <laughs> understand why I love them. I just do. Like, and especially because they're like not really in the movie that much. But <laughs> and then when they cock their shotguns and sing "Doubtful," I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. I yeah. I, I need it. I need everything. Yeah. Um. Blind Mag just across the board just everything about her i love her i love her costumes i love everything that's it that's it okay john the main cast is <laughs> super sharp when you say the main cast do you mean who do you mean alexa um shiloh roddy 
blind mag and uh nathan okay so not not the trump shit kids no 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 paris hilton paris hilton is is good in the role but like she's not like i i'm not like i want to see more from from her she's like, not sharp worthy though no no though she's she's eh, she's nothing um but like the but the but like those people like every time they're on stage on stage every time they're on screen singing i'm like please more give me more give me more so they're definitely a sharp the music except for 17 and uh there's a couple of little clunkers in there that one's uh 17 is a rough one the market up is an awful awful song but the rest are really good and like uh things you see or things you see in a grave graveyard is great gold is great um the zydrate is great um i love 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 at the opera tonight i love let the monster rise and salmon's lament really really great songs also I didn't know I love you so much is a great song. It's a really, really good song. And there's just so many good songs in this movie. So many good songs. I wrote down as Sharps, uh, again, Roddy's Henchwomen and Amber's Valets. They're just eye candy. Um, <laughs> I, I love Anthony Head, as I said mm-hmm. earlier. Um, and the fact that he has like seven different voices in this movie. Perfect. I love also Pavi's faces. Mm-hmm. Oh my so, gosh. It's just so yeah. stupid. And I love that little little thing. Apparently, um, the first face he wears is the director's girlfriend at the time. <laughs> just think of that. Oh my God. Also, see, that's something though that I want to dive into too, as far as like storytelling that doesn't really happen is I want to know how that became a thing that he's like, it's, I get that it's now his like signature thing and that's good for him, I guess. But I'm like so curious as to how he got to this point because clearly they could give you a face that is more... Face-like. Yeah, that's instead of like literally looking like a mask. What if they did like face? a limited series, like a musical limited series? I'd buy it. Of of this of this like because like you're right laura that is a fascinating idea like zydrate and following that there's so many like elements because there's also like the class system of this too like the rich people that are like that are are doing surgery for like a fashion statement and then you've got the the people who are poor who are like literally being murdered for being poor because they can't afford to pay for their organ like there's so many elements to this that i like you can't explore all of this in two hours it would be interesting if they did a limited series but each episode you follow one character so this Mm, way you get their full complete story and everything and like uh so with the grave robber whoa with the grave robber, <laughs> you can get the answer to what exactly is Zydrate. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it, it, it's in a song that was cut. Because mm-hmm. I, I swore I, like, listened to it on one of the soundtracks. But, like, what is that blue shit that he pulls out of their noses? And, like, where the hell does that even come from? And why okay, is it okay, bright so blue and glowing? It's, it's in the comic. It's in the comic and the exposition dump in the beginning. So they do like when they they develop the 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 very addictive very expensive um uh painkiller zydrate 
and they put it into people in order to do the organ transplant. And then when they die, it's still in their system. So the grave robbers extract it from the dead bodies. That's why, like, that's why the grave robbers are able to get it cheaper and easier. But where did it come from originally, though? Gene co-invented it. Oh. I missed that. Then why does Amber need it from the grave robber when she's like the heiress of Genko? Because she she has her Genko, she has her um, substance abuse program that she fosters. Um, that's when the reporters like talking to to uh, Roddy about the the um, abuse of Zydrate. He's he refers to Amber like heading up a program of like you know of getting clean and all of that. And so she can't publicly be using it because then people would know that she was a fraud. So she goes to the grave robber so she can get her fix and nobody knows about it. Except for the thirty five people that are also yeah except for all the prostitutes that randomly tell 17 year old girls their life story without being asked about it yeah i'm gonna compare it to another musical ready (laughs) rent with the (laughs) drug dealer oh yeah oh sure that's what it is Mm -hmm. i'm illin i'm illin yeah Mm -hmm. the stage version not the movie because fuck that uh amen amen um i also love the old lady dj oh my god oh yes i need an episode dedicated to her i forgot about her well i want to know why there's a why there's a like a beethoven conductor when you got granny dj like what was the purpose (laughs) of him (laughs) i don't know i don't know man yeah that Uh, is a sharp she's a sharp she's a she's the sharpest of sharps for this movie and then The songs, the songs that I want to highlight that I really liked were Infected, Legal Assassin, I Loved Seventeen, so y'all can suck it, especially mm. Joan Jett's cameo. Like, is she the is she the guitar player? Fuck you. Yes. <laughs> I was just about to ask the same thing. Yes. How do you guys not know who Joan Jett what what she looks like? Like, because I think I think when I when I first watched it get to that scene i was just like is that joan jett playing the guitar who's joan jetta joan jett sure yeah who's joan jett d are you for real right now i'm uh, this is a musical podcast john so uh-huh. i don't know things joan jett is a real musician <laughs> real musician <laughs> well you know she plays a musician in the movie so mm-hmm. oh, i okay, want okay. to clarify um she got hired because she is in fact a yeah musician. and she was like big in the 80s she has a lot of rock tunes which i can't really think of any of them right now because now i'm on the spot so i'm Cherry going bomb yes yeah i know that's uh, a simple google search right now <laughs> i've never heard of this woman before okay great i'm glad you glad you know. you heard her songs you must have I feel like I've heard Cherry Bomb. That sounds like a song I've heard before. Hold on. Joan Jett songs. Let's see. We've got I Love Rock and Roll. Anyone? I was literally about to say that sarcastically to make a joke. So it's hilarious that you say that's actually her song. Uh, I Hate Myself for Loving You. Oh, yeah. Crimson and Clover. Yes. Bad Reputation. Yep. Mm. 
Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, okay. I know all of these songs. Absolutely. Yeah. I just didn't know the artist. <laughs> wow. And how she dare just, how, she uh, just did a, a random cameo on this movie. Wow. I mean, I they how much that cost. They may have, the other half of the budget they blew. <laughs> I was going to say they may have blew the money on Sarah Brightman, but mm, probably one day with Joan Jett. Um, and then I also, Same. I too also liked At the Opera Tonight and we started this opera shit. Mm. Ooh, wait, there's a apostrophe over where the E is supposed to be. Uh, so is it uh, opera? There's no, there's no E in it. Yeah. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> opera. Um, so every once in a while, I have a, I, I know we do sharp and flat, but I have sometimes what I like to call naturals, which mm-hmm. are neither sharp nor flat, but like, like I, it's like a love hate and I need to like talk about it some more. So the costumes, hair and makeup, how like it looks vastly different per person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause like you, you look at the, people coming out of the Zydrate Anonymous meeting, I guess. And <laughs> they look whacked out of their minds. Like they went to Goodwill and were just like this, this, and this, and then pulled a wig out of a dumpster. And was like, you put this on. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have, again, the sort of like penier for fucking Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Like you have a, it was just all over the place. And I See, don't get I it. Thought- I thought it was, I thought that, I thought the costumes and the production design was flat. I thought, cause like it was inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like th- that, if I did, if I did give a thing to this movie, it'd be inconsistent. Cause yeah. like there yeah. wasn't like a, there, like you could easily play with the class, like the class levels of this mm-hmm. society, like in terms of what their designs are. But then like some people are super pale and look like zombies and then other people don't. And there's not a like, right. Like, it makes sense why Alexa Vega is super pale, but it makes no sense why the grave robber is. And then like, like it, then with the rest of the characters, it's like, some of them are like super pale. Some of them are not like, some of them are clothed. Some of them are wearing weird BDSM stuff. Like it just like, there was such inconsistency. There was one that I, there's one character that I really like. She has zero lines, and that is um, Mags's bodyguard. She's got that big, like, oh yeah, white oh, yeah. wig, like that French and, wig, yeah, yeah. And one of the and her, she N- had a shotgun too, and the, like a current N95 black mask. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't care. I love you. Uh, <laughs> so it, it again, it's a it's a love hate. It's not for me. It was neither sharp nor flat. It was just like. I don't understand a lot of this, but I mm-hmm. I like it and I don't at the same time. I'm also I, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I also just realized that the entire movie, I have no idea what time of day it is. Like it's dark the whole time. Cuz mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to take place in, over the course of two days. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny cuz at one point when Roddy is tells Shiloh like, "Oh, you could go see the world." I was like, if this is any indication of what the world is, I'd much rather just stay in that bedroom. Yeah. I mean, again, it's Mad Maxian. So yeah. somewhere there's a guy strapped to like a truck that's playing a flame guitar and I'm <laughs> ready for it. <laughs> I hope it's me. I really do. Um, he, has, he has one of those Shakespeare big fluffy collars around his neck because uh-huh. why not? uh-huh and like the ugliest of ugly wigs yes yes yep. um i also 
don't know how I feel about Mark It Up and Thankless Job. Because <laughs> like I love Thankless Job. I do like it, but at the same time, I'm just like, do we did we really need to do the puppet moment? <laughs> well, I think again, like if we would if if they would have played more into the dichotomy of like the Jekyll and Hyde-ness of that character and like really showed that when when he allows that kind of like darkness to overtake him he's enjoying it but then like seeing that internal struggle of like he doesn't want to be that person because i feel like that's what the purpose of legal assassin is is to show that he's kind of like driven into becoming this maniacal murderer Mm -hmm. but like he doesn't want to be that and so i think like if if they would have played more into that like struggle that internal struggle and you really would have seen a true jekyll and hyde it would have been more earned so mm-hmm. I think in this limited series that we're pitching, I hope somebody's mm-hmm. taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to see his first kill in the episode. Mm. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Yes. Yeah. I feel like with his, I feel like with these episodes that we're talking about, it's going to be a lot of flashbacks, kind of a la Lost and Manifest and all those other shows yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But we need to see his first kill because... It, it'll be the birth of the darkness character inside of him, if you will. If we will, also, if we will call it that. I also wonder if it's not so much the darkness, but insanity. Mm. Like he's lost his fucking mind because this is his job now. And this is mm-hmm. the job he ended up getting because he had to survive. Well, and, and he was forced into it, kind of. Right, exactly. Well, and on top of that, he's carrying the guilt that he killed his wife, even though he didn't. But he he doesn't know that Roddy is the one who poisoned his wife. Exactly. So, like, he's carrying that guilt. He's also carrying the guilt that he's imprisoning his daughter, which I truly don't think he wants to. But I think he's terrified of letting her out into the world. Because and he's so, part of the seedy underbelly. Right, right. Because he knows what it, he knows the darkness that's out there. So well, I, he also I, just lost his wife, right? Like, and he can't stand the idea of potentially losing his daughter in this fucking right. sketched out world. Right. I'm not saying it's right, just to be clear. I'm really upset. No, you yes, are. you are. You are. No. Uh, and also, Mark It Up is just like so fucking weird and out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait, which one is Mark It Up? The one where it's the two brothers. My brother uh, and sister should, should fuck. fuck. Where uh, one of them stabs a nurse. Oh, a hold yes. While she's holding a brain. When he's and- literally like, if, if there's not a hole for me to fuck, I'll make one. Yeah. 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 That song is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. This it's is what I'm so, talking about. The incest of it is gross. Yeah. It's so weird visually and like musically, but like I don't a hundred percent hate it. Well, again, if like, we if they would have taken the time again pitching for our uh limited series, if you were uh, to follow those three, like showing them as psychotic and really showing that like while the repo man is like the like the the poster boy for like evil in this world the true evil are the puppet masters manipulating him because like that the sequence with um with uh oh gosh uh uh, yep sorry i'm scrolling through the list of songs the night surgeon um when they're Mm. all like egging him on to murder that man it's like it's like they're enjoying it and they're like they're like really horny for this mutilation so it's like to like that's that's what this story should be is following 
like these rich bored people manipulating people yeah. under them like that's so fascinating i really do hope that Terrence's last name i don't know how to pronounce it i'm not going to try again and darren smith are listening right now because we want writing credit <laughs> give, give me a call gentlemen i will gladly a- talk you through this yeah Give John and I a call and then make give Laura like a pass at the scripts just to make sure it makes sense for <laughs> no, other I think, people. I think no, no, her, no, no. We give want... her a gift card to like Dairy Queen and then just. Wow. You know. Okay. You no, can't no. say that I've not had good ideas on how to make <laughs> it better. I'm, I'm striving... sorry that I hate it, but like, I still believe that there's potential there and there is like hope for okay. a future okay. if sent, okay. if like some big changes happen. <laughs> Yeah, so like John and I will come up with the wild and crazy ideas. And I'll and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> somebody will write it. And then you'll read the scripts and just be like, mm, with your red pen and fix everything. <laughs> I'm yeah. striving for perfection here. Because again, I really, I love the movie. <laughs> and I agree with Laura that there is potential for something better. Than it's what very have. flawed. It's an incredibly yes. flawed story, film, whatever. I think one of the things, though, is like we have. I I am going to hate myself for saying this, but like we have to kind of take out the camp because yes. it, it goes or play into the. It's either get rid of it or go one hundred and ten percent into the camp. But Again, I think the biggest note. It, sorry, go ahead, Laura. I just think pulling it out makes it like actually dark and scary. Like think mm, about watching this without any of that camp, especially in 2021, where we're like kind of on the cusp of that. Like how fucking terrifying it was. What, it, like right, stop writing the fence post. Like that's again with inconsistency. Pick a side. Like either go full fully music video with the songs or don't either go fully camp or don't like make one decision and stick with it. And either way, I think, I think you're right. I think you end up with either a really scary, like intense thriller, or you end up with a really like satirical look at like healthcare and class and, and horror in general. Because, like, even I think before we meet the Trump children, there's the song 21st Century Cure, where Mm -hmm. uh, the grave robber uses a dead body to tear down a wall. And I'm just like, guys, like, I get it. We're we're doing style and it's slightly campy, but like, mm, I need I need you to either be very serious or like Mm. so over the top that it's almost it's a literal cartoon. Right, like, <laughs> it can't. We can't do this. I, I, I think the theme for this episode of my podcast is inconsistency. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Okay, I'm kind of scared to get to this part, but what are your flats, <laughs> Laura? Do you want to go first? The whole thing. Great, John. <laughs> um, this conversation with Laura. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. The direction, the editing, the cinematography, all freaking flat as flat can be. Really just bizarre choices. Um, 17, super flat. Um, mark it up, super up. flat. Um, <laughs> How do I make eject people from the room? 
I'll show you how to do it to Laura, but you, I, it's different to knock me out. If you try and knock me out, this blue foam shoots out of your computer. Oh, I don't know okay. what that's about. So just, uh, um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and the comics, the comic sequences, like, like yeah. if you're going to like either make the whole thing feel comic booky or like there's just, yeah. Again, like we've been saying, if you flesh out those, those moments, which are incredibly fascinating, into the story you don't need those exposition dumps right especially because they also kind of most of that they touched on later anyway Mm -hmm. right and it's literally them just being like we didn't know how to introduce you to any of these Mm -hmm. characters at the beginning so you can follow the story so we're gonna have to do this weird cartoon thing and then also remind you later when it actually comes up <laughs> well, it almost it almost feels like the studio was like you cannot go over an hour and a half on this movie and so they were uh... like oh we we we've gotta we've gotta like how do we tell this part of this story like it felt like it was it was they were it, it it's very obvious that they were expanding upon a 10 minute story but then it also felt like they were confined by a time limit so i feel like those two things like and maybe i'm wrong it could be that they were like oh yeah make it a 6 hour thing but like it just it feels like it's being like strangled by those constraints yeah I wrote down um, the fact that Blame Not My Cheeks is not available on any of the soundtracks. So there are two soundtracks for this mm-hmm. movie, by the way. There's one that has a limited number of, of songs that were listed and then like 20. And there's another one that has like almost 40 songs, I want to say, or 35 to 40 songs. Uh, and Blame Not My Cheeks is not on either of them. And I, I don't know why I love that song. I, I, it, it's so overly produced. I love it. And I don't know why. But Where does this song happen? I don't know. Which this is the one about. where Paris Hilton's face falls off. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, it's got like an interesting beat. And I, I, I don't know why. Again, I don't know why I like it. But well, but she also doesn't even finish the song. She barely even gets through it at all. Right. And that But that I was do I would love for them to actually record the full song though. And that was the case with a bunch of the other songs too, where uh some of them were recorded and then they obviously edited it down mm-hmm. to a shorter song than it than it is. Or they cut it. So um there's a few songs that again I, I think would answer some questions if they kept it in the film, but they didn't. Uh, I also think a major flat that we none of us really talked about it, kind of, but like how they wrote the women is awful in this movie. They feel like they're very weak characters, and two of them are leads. Like, yeah, or one yeah. of them is like the lead, and she's a very weak character. I don't know. I don't know. I think Amber's kind of a bad bitch, though. With the exception of her obviously massive drug addiction and her surgery addiction, I think she's, I mean, because especially out of those three, she's the one that has her shit together, even though she has this drug issue. Right. And like that, the ending scene of her, like taking over her da- the dad's company, like that's a great moment for her. But like Shiloh is the lead of this of the story like and she's written awful like terrible like 
But I also I think see, everybody's written awful. So I'm like, it's not just the women, it's everybody. <laughs> well, because like there was a moment where I was like, wow, the women in this are really whiny. But then I was like, mm -hmm. I was like, and then right after that was uh, Joker face was like squealing about something. And I was like, okay, no, it's not just the women. But like it, I don't like the only character that has any sort of like gravitas and like power is Roddy. And because like even Repo Man is like, like completely stripped down of any sort of like badassery that he has. Like, right. At, at the end. So it's like, I, like he, Roddy is the only one who really has power in this story. So it, I, I don't know. And I, and honestly, like Mag, like being like, you know what? I'm sick of living in this birdcage. Peace out. And like, yeah. take, like gouges her own eyes out. That's a badass move to make, to be like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm like, the only thing controlling me is these eyes that are in my head. I'm done with it. And like right. Sarah Brightman is acting the shit out of this wild and crazy script. Yeah. But yes. I feel like even then she's still a little weak, like, or like not fleshed out entirely. I think that might be more it where again, yes. these characters mm -hmm. are not fleshed out. Yeah. And I feel like Shiloh and Mags, uh, the two of the, of like the leading women of this film, uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's three women in the movie that have lines, except for that one soloist in uh, We Started Stopper Shit. And th that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they are not fleshed out 110%, which, I mean, in a musical, you need that. In anything, you need that, really. Yeah. Well, but I, I just feel that way about everybody. It's not right, but well I'm, written. <laughs> I'm more trying to stand up for the ladies, because, like... Well, well, one thing I think would be in this, in our limited series, we could do this. Uh -huh, I, uh -huh. I think that, like, it's very much written with the perspective, like, like from my perspective watching it, I'm like, Shiloh is a brat and needs to, like, like stay inside because I, I know what's out there. So it's like, I'm, like, almost in her dad's perspective when I'm watching it, rather than seeing it from, like, a Rapunzel situation of, like, she's trapped inside like you know because especially like if we if we were to know going in that she was drugged and that she really wasn't sick and that she really wants to go out and it were and and if we were to see the world outside as less as more than just scary terrifying like if we were to like if Shiloh were to when she's meeting with these prostitutes and grave robbers and everybody like see people and like have a not terrifying experience but it's like every time she sets foot outside of her room she's traumatized by something whether it's the police almost shooting her at the beginning or you know the zydrate people like having an orgy in front of her while they're trying to get shot <laughs> up or her dad getting her you know shot and killed in front of like every time she walks outside of her room it's trauma so it's like I don't know why she keeps wanting to leave because it's like every time you step outside, it's awful. So right. like if we were to see like, oh, like she's experiencing things, she's learning things, she's becoming her own person. Like, I feel like it would have validated her wanting to leave more. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think we need, I don't know why I'm just comparing this movie to other musicals here and there. I rarely <laughs> do this. <laughs> on on this on this podcast but i feel like we need a green finch and linnet bird mm. moment for her yeah 
that's from Sweeney Todd, uh, where Joanna sings it as like a longing to go outside and be free. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we need, I don't know if it's like a monologue or a song or just mm-hmm. a line. We need some, I agree with you. We need something. So when yeah, you, if 17 was more of that, unless I'm throwing a temper tantrum, literally jumping up and down on my bed, I would have yeah. like, it would have made more sense to me, but yeah, you need that. Cause like every musical has that, like I want song and in the place of that you get, I'm infected, which is a great song. And it's a great, like it really, it helps establish what's going on with her, but it needed to, because there's that one refrain of, I want to go outside, yeah. but it's like, that's, that's great. But like, it's, that's what the whole song should be about. And the reason I can't go out is because I'm infected, which I feel like that's the attempt, but it does not land quite as well. Yeah. It's not that strong of an, I want song mm-hmm. as it wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? No. Okay, great. Uh, Josh? <laughs> um, I frequently do. And now that I've watched the movie again and they're stuck in my head, I frequently, uh, for the next couple of months, will probably be uh, belting out all of the Repo Man songs because they are bangers. Yeah, I list... I. I... I have both of the soundtracks, so like that's how I know that all of, about how there's two different ones, and I every so often listen to them. And it's a they, great soundtrack. It's a God, I love it. Oh, David Laura, <laughs> <laughs> you're making me question everything in my life now. No, 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 John. John, I, John you're no. not the first person I've done that to. <laughs> and specifically about this movie, the first time I watched it. So uh, I watched it with. Jonathan, who now John has met. And wow, that's not confusing at all in this whole context. There's too many Johns. Your your partner in crime, John, not me. You mean. The first time I watched this movie was with my boyfriend, Jonathan. Okay. Third John. And he was like, I love this movie and you're a theater person. You're going to love this movie too. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I was like, we got done and I was like, I hated every second of that. And now he's not allowed to pick out movies because... Wow, you what an Hamlet extreme reaction. right before that, which is also Oh, yeah, that one's a little movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie does have does have flaws. I think it's dated even though mm-hmm. it's set in the future, like Yeah, but a 2008 future versus a 2021 future two very different things. Right. It's dated, but it it does like we were saying earlier, there are things discussed in this that are like oh this is kind of oddly timely yeah so it's like like it there are yeah it it's it's very flawed there are parts of it that are incredibly dated but then there are parts of it that really kind of ring like you know oddly grossly terrifyingly familiar like the masks and stuff right right yeah which i mean i was a little triggered with that and i was just like oh god i didn't realize it was going to be with seeing somebody in an N95 on screen from yeah. 2008. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, okay. I think we're, do- I'm calling it, we're done with the episode. Okay. So um, we're done talking. Boom. Uh, what do you guys have to plug? <laughs> Go. Um, our podcast, Anecdotal Dote. Listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. It's quite fun. 
<laughs> it's a lot of fun. We have different. John has been on. Uh, it's we. Um, it's what? people telling real stories. Um, the, our biggest rule is you have to have any story that's told has to be a true story. So it's and we we've had people from all over the the world come on uh, and tell their true stories. It's a lot of theatery stories too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got we've got some really cool cool people who've been on and uh, yeah, yeah my, check it my out. My stories were theater based. So yes. a lot of our guests are theater based because that's how John and I meet people. Yeah. Plus, we <laughs> tend to have a little more interesting stories. I mean, because our of... lives are all pretend, <laughs> right? Because you know. <laughs> If we were to work on a show like this, we probably would have a ton of stories because it's so fucking crazy that <laughs> yeah. like what we're doing on stage and then backstage, it's like, oh, here, here's your gallon of blood that you are going to be covered in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> those kind of stories are great because like, you know, you never know what's going to happen backstage. What are your the socials that people can reach you at for Anecdotal Dote? We're on That's Facebook. A- and on Instagram. What's our uh- Instagram? the anecdotal dote the anecdotal dote and, and dote is d-o-t-e yes and i think um actually is that right now i'm questioning everything i've ever known <laughs> which is stupid right. because we literally record we haven't recorded an episode in a minute so <laughs> yes our instagram is the anecdotal dote and i think our facebook is also right john yeah i'm gonna i'll add it in the show notes so um, no twitter or tiktok no. or anything no. else we do have a gmail the anecdotodote at gmail.com if you want to be a guest email them or you know any um, omissions and corrections yeah, yeah absolutely yep. yeah or if you are uh the writers creators of repo and you want to get in contact with us about this limited series <laughs> the anecdotodote at gmail.com or you yeah. can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com I'm Perfect also on Facebook. Junk. You're welcome. I do them sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, kind of, at Buttasong Pod. Uh, you know, if you are the writers of the movie, or if you are a writer and you want to collab with us, you know, reach out. Uh, I will be more than happy to orate some thoughts on this <laughs> to then be turned into scripts. And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Moulin Rouge. I'm going to have to have you guys come back on. Maybe we'll find one that John hates, but Laura loves. I doubt that exists, but let's we can mm. potentially try it. Oh, I'm fascinated. That would be hilarious, though. And I wonder um, what it would be. Mm, mm, I don't know yet. We'll, fi- we'll figure that out off camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, let's go take some Zydrate and figure out what this drug is, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Bye for now, everyone. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.